0: If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome to a very special edition of the No Need for Prince Charming podcast. Today, I'm speaking to an anonymous donor. Can you see my ear quotes? In Australia, you can't actually be an anonymous donor. So what it is, is a clinic recruited ID release donor. So when any resulting children turn 18, they can get full details of the donor in case they want to make contact or just learn more about the genetics or just who they are. Which is really great and it gets away from some of the the issues there have been in the past from truly anonymous donors. It was really fascinating to learn about his mindset going into it, why he wanted to donate, and also the process he went through to be a clinic recruited donor. I also asked him all of the questions that you guys uh, suggested through the Instagram account, so I can't wait for you to hear the answers. I certainly learned a lot from this interview and I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to do it. For the purpose of the interview, we're just going to refer to him as Jay. So welcome to the podcast tonight, Jay. Ooh, the episode everyone's been waiting for. Finally, we're having an interview with an ID release donor. So welcome, Jay. I would love to start, I guess, by understanding what led you to make the decision to become a donor.
1: All right. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Um, the reason why I decided to become a donor really was the decision I made when I was about 13 years old. Mm. Um, I had an an ad on the radio on my way to school and, um, it was looking, it was saying there was a a sperm shortage, um, and they're looking for donors. And I thought to myself, um, I don't know if I'll have kids when I'm older. Mm And so, um, if I have the ability to have children and other people can't, I might as well, you know, use my ability to do so, um, to help people create families themselves. And it's always something I've wanted to do from that age um and so that was really my motivations is is helping people create families because selfishly I might not want to in the future
0: okay and so what age did you decide to actually pursue becoming a donor rather than just deciding to do it
1: so I was desperate to do it um because 13 about 13 it's a few years to go go by before I'm old enough to do it um And, uh, i seriously started looking into it when I think I was about 22 or 23. Okay. Um, and a lot of, at that time, anyway, a lot of the clinics had a minimum age. I think it was 25 and I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong. Um, but the clinic I went to had the minimum, minimum age of maybe 23. And so I was, as soon as I knew that, I went straight to them and started the process.
0: And what did you have to go through, um, to be, be allowed to be a donor for that clinic?
1: yeah so the process was quite long um in terms of um i mean long i should i should use the term long um selectively because it's it's short in comparison to what women have to go through with through the ivf process um but for me um there was a couple rounds of psychology to make sure you know mentally that i was sure i wanted to do this and um, went through scenarios to make sure that um, if I if I ever came to know the child, um, how would I perceive that? Um, things like that. So a lot of the testing of scenarios and making sure that you're mentally in the right place to be a donor. Yeah. Um, I went through full medical screenings, uh, genetic testing, um, so all those blood tests, um, and then obviously there's a lot of um sexual health testing and things like that in the lead up to the donations. Um uh, and then once you kind of all clear, you do your clear, you obviously go through the process of donating. Um, I think I went there like maybe six or seven times. Um, and then they wait six months until you do another sexual health screening and whatever, whatnot. And then they finally release your donations.
0: So, did you have to abstain or with any rules around you having sex outside of that, well, because um, you get that six month wait?
1: They advised it, mm-hmm. but before donating, because the process to donate, I think I think over, it was over a two week. You'd wait maybe two weeks or something. It wasn't long between the donate the donations, and maybe it wasn't even that many times. Seven, right. maybe it was four, but um, they advise obviously advise you to do that, um, and I I mean I I was with a partner, so I didn't didn't necessarily have to worry, which was yeah. good, um. But that was the purpose of the screening pre and post, right? Is to make sure that um, you are all, you, you're all clear um, before you start donating, and then afterwards.
0: Okay. And full medical screening. Did they share those results with you as well, in case they did find anything, so you know?
1: Yeah. Um, so I got the I got free genetic testing, which was great. Woo hoo! <laughs> um, winner! All the bloods and everything that was taken, all the tests, I could see the results. So it was yeah. all, all, all free.
0: Brilliant. And so what stage of the process did you have to write the the form, I guess, that anyone looking to use your donation would be looking at to see whether you are the right donor for them?
1: So that was probably the hardest part was writing that biography, kind of answering those questions. Um, That stage was after the donations. So within that six-month or whatever it is, um, wait time between releasing, um, you started the process to write. And you could do drafts and you could Um, You could send it to them and then you could send an update and things like that. Um, But, yeah, it was roughly in that six-month period.
0: And did they let you know how many families could be created from your donations?
1: Yeah, so I had full control of that. Okay. So um, in Victoria, there's an allocation of ten families for Mm -hmm. your donations. In, In New South Wales, for example, there's five. Um, I actually chose nine allocations for mine to reserve one for future use. So in case I ever met someone who wanted to go through the process, um, I could say, "Well, I'm already halfway there for you down in right. Melbourne. Um, go ahead and use them if you want." So
0: interesting. I didn't realize that the donors could actually specify if they wanted to do less than than what that was. Yeah. Okay.
1: We, could, we can yeah.
0: Interesting. Did you? Were there other things that you could select when it came to your Donations of what who could use it, that sort of thing?
1: Um no, no, I don't think there was no, I think there was only really the cause you kind of sign up the legal waiver, probably something to explain in the process to um be a donor is you obviously do a lot of like legal signing away of your um your donations and things like that. Um so I think that was the only thing we got to choose was how many um allocations we would assign
0: yeah i am aware i don't know if it's victoria or all states that you could say whether you didn't want your donation to go to a same sex or solo mother you could actually maybe
1: that that was it just didn't register because i would just be like tick tick
0: everyone can have it yeah i mean just
1: send it away like oprah
0: (laughs) (laughs) And did you feel like you were given all of the right information that you needed before making a donation about what the process would be and the process for any resulting children contacting you, that sort of thing? Uh,
1: yeah, for sure. It was a very well thought out process and making sure I was informed um, throughout. The um, I obviously didn't, I wasn't aware of all the intricacies involved in kind of the um, contact uh, of the parents and the child so um definitely was very well informed and that's kind of part of the psychological testing too right is kind of saying you know this is what's available um in the future are you okay with that what would you do in this scenario blah 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 so um through those kind of tests is kind of how you became informed and then afterwards um there was certainly a lot of like you know your your donations are being released um and a reminder of this is what's you know what's going to happen or what could happen um yeah, so I felt, felt very, very informed.
0: So going into it, you obviously had the intention of you wanted to help other people create families. Did you think about the actual children and what sort of relationship you'd want with them if you ever met them in the future? Or did you think more about the parents and the families that you were helping them create?
1: I probably had more of a focus on the parents mm-hmm. and the families being created. Um, th- my my view on, on, on it is that... Um, like family doesn't necessarily have to be biological Mm -hmm. and so and sometimes your biological parents are not your family and so for me I, i thought if i can help people establish what is so beautiful as a family um then that's that's all i need to know about if the child wants to contact me in the future they want to be involved in my life that's a bonus for me but i'm not holding my breath for that experience because i know that Someone who obviously was going to love this child, and and they're willing to go through that whole process to have a family, they're probably going to love their child very well. Yeah. Um, and so, for me, I'm I'm not I'm I don't necessarily need to think about that. I yeah. hope anyway.
0: Yeah, and were you open to to children making contact before they turn eighteen, if yeah. that was what they wanted?
1: Yeah. So I'm completely open. So if I actually received a letter from um, a couple who had a successful birth. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, which is very, really lovely. Cause I was like, uh, it was the first time I kind of had a, a, a um a real life um someone contacting me via a letter. It was all very controlled um, and yeah. saying thank you and for you know the gift and the donation and whatnot. So um that was really cool. and I, I enjoyed that. And I encourage that if you can, if you feel comfortable as well, because I think that was really heartwarming um, to see that.
0: Yeah. And does that start a relationship for you with that that couple, or is it just sort of a one-off? A thank you, and then leave it till later.
1: Just a one-off thank you. Yeah. It was all facilitated through the clinic, um, and very controlled. Yeah. So I think there. I mean, I, I assume a lot of the families who use donations are informed of the whole. I think it's Vata is the yeah is the kind of middle body, um, and so. I'm just I'm 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 registered on there if if um people want to make contact with me I'll, I'll get notified if that happens so I just sit there and maybe 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 it'll happen this year maybe it'll happen in 18 years I don't mind
0: do you find you actually think about it often all the time you do okay yeah think yeah. about it
1: all the time I was in um, Melbourne just over the weekend and um I was just—I was just saying—look out for any little people that look like me, just because I, I know my donations have been used. Yeah. Um, all all allocations are used now, so um, I think about it all the time.
0: Wow. Yeah. Do you get told when you have successfully had a child from your donations, or just that your donations have been used?
1: Uh, not proactively told. I have okay. to reach out i get the results and because i'm very invested in the process i reach out all the time yeah um they're like i'm but, not you
0: again no. yeah
1: No. know gosh he's so he, I, they actually tell me like follow up us have been up in six to twelve months so they they know their bounds now yeah <laughs> they know what they're dealing with um they tell me uh whether there's a pregnancy which mm-hmm. i don't think they should but i have been getting told that um and if it's a successful birth and the gender
0: so do you know um, how many children are born from your donations so far?
1: I know of seven children, and there's two pregnancies as of maybe two months ago or a month ago. Oh
0: wow. Yeah. And is that seven different families or have there been some? That's
1: actually, six families. There's one set of twins. Oh wow. Yeah. That was the first the first um family had twins. Yeah. And I thought, the poor things. Two of me. <laughs>
0: yeah oh, so you do have to, i think i was always under the impression that if there was a successful birth that the donor was notified so maybe that's how it used to be and now it's you have Perhaps. to low. yeah i
1: do yeah. also think it's i'm probably going to get someone in trouble saying that but um i do think that they're not supposed to tell me about pregnancies i think it's supposed to be successful yeah. um but unless something's changed in i mean i've been a donor for gosh five years now or something maybe four years um yeah i i, I at first i wasn't told about pregnancies and then all of a sudden i've been getting told so maybe that changed
0: and do you know how much of your stock is left or can they come to you and say hi we're running low can we have some more
1: um i actually have no no i don't know no. i have no idea um how much is left gosh that's a good question maybe i should find out
0: yeah. I just, I know that some have been asked to say, you know, you're in demand, but it hasn't worked out because it could be that maybe the female has got fertility issues. So it doesn't really matter how good the sperm is, but they're struggling, but they still want to keep using that donor.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's maybe that has, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I have have a lot of stock. Who knows? <laughs> I do know that I have enough for 10 allocations because I actually originally chose 10 and I, yeah. I moved it down to nine and I was toying with bringing it back up, but um. I don't know. Something tells me to keep that one reserved. I don't know why. And I trust my gut. So,
0: yeah, it could be that in the future it says, nope, time to get rid of it. But, yeah, maybe, or just open my... it
1: up and, yeah, let someone use it. Who knows?
0: You would be open to doing more donations if, say, one of your successful families wanted more seedlings. And...
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, like it's, um, it's, I've always, it goes back to why I wanted to do it. It's creating a family. So, more than happy to go down and go through the process again it really is not hard for a man um, in comparison to what women have to go through
0: so is there anything that you wish you'd known beforehand uh
1: no i don't think so i think the whole process is very well thought out um, and structured i think the thing i was most surprised by was um the the process to get in contact with me Mm -hmm. um feels very um feels it doesn't feel very warm, it feels very cold. So um, that was probably the only thing that surprised me, but there's nothing I, I was I was willing to go into the process of just accept whatever the process is. So um I just kind of rolled with the punches in that sense.
0: Did you discuss it with your family or friends before making the donations?
1: So I was I'm very open about the fact that I'm a donor. I basically told anyone and everyone I could mm-hmm. um, from a friend's perspective and people who aren't my friends, I still told them to um from my family I've kept it a little bit secret so they they know that I um became a donor and um, I was going through the process but I've kept the results of my donations from them for the time being um really just because I I know when I told them I was donor their reaction wasn't um all too positive let's just say that and so we're not yet at the stage of me being able to share that um in a way that they're going to understand that these children are—they have their own parents. They're not my children. Um, they're just biologically related to me, and that's okay.
0: But how do you think that they would feel knowing that there are biological family members that they don't have a relationship with? Do you think that's part of the challenge for them?
1: I think that is a bit of a challenge for them. Um, I don't know. I, I my mom. I, I have a niece now, so she has grandchildren so I was kind of waiting for that to happen before thinking about telling her yeah um but I, d- I think I don't know I can't I can't judge them I think that they would still have um reservations or that desire to know or to figure out who the children are or something I don't know I just want to keep them away from that until I'm comfortable um that they're in the right place to understand yeah. And
0: I guess it, it all depends on the relationship you end up having with the children as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And and that's probably the good point, is that I might I might never hear from anyone about my donations. And that's okay, because that's completely the, the the parents' choice. Um and I'm not sure my family would be comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, with that unknown or not, not knowing, because I'm very comfortable to live with that un- unknown.
0: If you had your ideal world, would you rather that you met them and would be able to have a relationship with them in some form, or
1: for sure? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I, I, I joke all the time that you know, in, in about twenty years, I'm going to be told to go to a random park in Melbourne and I'm going to have like twenty people that look like me approach me and say, "Hey, we're <laughs> biologically related." I love that idea. Yeah, um, <laughs> in ideal world, yes, I would know.
0: And do you have any children of your own?
1: I do not have any children of my own. Um, I'm thinking about it. Um, and and obviously being in a same-sex relationship, there's that comes with challenges, but that's definitely um, something I want to work towards, which is different to when I actually started um, the process to become a donor. I didn't want children. Um, and then for some reason that's changed.
0: And how do you think you would talk to your if you're successful children about the fact that you have, they have donor siblings out there, or would you not? What do you think? I mean, it's, you don't have them oh. yet, so it's, it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I think I would be very matter of fact about about it. In being in a same-sex relationship, if I have children, there's going to be a donor egg and there's going to be a surrogate. So already they're going to be familiar with the idea that, um, the traditional families, um, when we are, we, sorry, that we they're going to already be used to the idea that we're not the traditional family, and which is completely fine. Um, and so, explaining to them that they may have half siblings pottering around Melbourne, is probably right for me. I don't think it's too much of a stretch. Yeah,
0: probably does make that conversation a lot easier, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And why did you hope people would choose you from your little? profile that you put
1: on there that was the hardest part of writing the bio um was um it felt like i was writing a dating profile um for me i mean i think i knew there was a shortage of sperm and i I heard um being familiar with someone um who is a a solo mum by choice um i heard about the their experience um finding a donor Mm -hmm. um so i knew that you know, the short supply, I'm probably going to be chosen because there's not ma- not many options out there, which really sucks. And I wish there was more options for people. Um, I tried in my profile to be really open and transparent about myself. I think that was very important. So I did have that frame of mind that if, you know, my profile, if it's honest and people didn't like it, they didn't choose it, that's okay. I would hate for me to have written something that wasn't true, yeah. Um, and truly myself and then it'd be chosen Then they find out I don't know something um later down the track would have felt gross so um I wasn't necessarily hoping that I'd, I'd be chosen um I was just glad to have been made my donations available to people
0: yeah I guess we've kind of covered this in other questions but just specifically how do you feel about meeting any children in the future
1: excited yeah very excited I love the idea of meeting um the children who were made from my donations um for me i mean when i think about myself and what what's important to me uh very strong connection to my biological parents because i feel like it explains a lot of the way i am the way i look mm-hmm. um and i'm sure a lot of children in the future may have the same kind of frame of mind so i'd be very happy to meet with them and be like well, this is why you're partly crazy because of me, because <laughs> of my my donations. Um, this is why, I don't know, you've got ginger hair because my mum's got ginger hair. I don't know. Those kind of conversations I think will be really cool in the future. Yeah.
0: And do you hope that they all reach out in the future?
1: Yeah, I do. It's a hope and I'm not um, holding my breath. I think I still respect and um, completely understand the choices of um, parents to continue to rem- remain anonymous, and that's completely fine. If the child wants to reach out to me, they can. It's their prerogative. Otherwise, no no, no dramas.
0: Have you got in your mind what you think an ideal relationship could look like with any resulting children?
1: Um Maybe like a fun uncle kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just if if I was to choose, it would definitely be um, an involvement from a, um, a, a kind of a distant maybe relationship point of view. Maybe I'd go to the odd birthday party. Maybe I'd be invited for dinner. Or maybe I'd just meet with their parents in the park while they played um, as, a, as, as an observer. Again, I'm open to anything. Yeah. Um, uh, but contact is is kind of would be amazing. Some some form of contact, contact, whatever it is.
0: And is there anything that you would like to know about the resulting children? Like even if you didn't have the relationship, but more than what I guess the Vata and the clinic give you.
1: Um, I mean, as long as they're healthy and they've you know had a good upbringing, um, is probably the most critical things that I would like to know. Um. Maybe it would be super interesting to learn about maybe their hobbies or whatever their interests are and um, maybe some things are the same as I am. Maybe they um, watch too much reality TV and love (laughs) Beyonce. I don't know. I would just love that kind of stuff. But critical things, healthy and, and have a good family.
0: And if you do meet the children, what do you think you'd want to be called or referred to as?
1: Great question. I don't really mind. Uh, they can call me Jay if they wish. Um, they can call me fun uncle. I don't mind. It's I, I'd probably I'd obviously have that discussion with their parents. Mm-hmm. Um would I be comfortable being called dad? Probably not. Um but I mean. It's to be explored. I, I kind of don't put too much thought to it until it happens one day. I think maybe that might get my hopes up, right? So I kind of just deal with it when it happens, if it happens.
0: Yeah. Doesn't sound like it, but do you have any regrets?
1: Not at all. I think when I first found out that my donations were successful, I was over the moon. And I found out about three, four successful children when I first found out, so... Um, no, not a single regret. I'm so happy I did it. I would encourage many, any men, um, who are thinking about it to go and do it, build up that big supply of, of, um, donations. It's like genuinely is the best feeling ever.
0: Have you ever thought about maybe what the woman or couple are like that have chosen your donations?
1: You know, I haven't actually thought about that. Um, again i think it goes back to like removing myself from the the process a little bit in terms of um uh i just trust that people who are trying so hard to have a child are going to be very very good parents and, and that and loving and will love the child with all their heart and they put a lot of time and money and their bodies through crazy stuff to make that child happen um and so from that, I assume these people are wonderful and um, and persevere and kind of push through and kind of make their dreams happen. So that's all I really think about.
0: Interesting one. How do you feel about online Ancestry DNA registers?
1: Oh, good point. Wow. I am on an online Ancestry DNA register. And I did think the other day as I was scrolling through when I got a new first cousin match, that maybe in like 20 years I might get a match with some child. Yeah. Um, I, again, I'm not worried.
0: What, how about if if a child matched with like a close family member of yours that wasn't aware of it?
1: I guess that's – then i would probably be a good idea for me to have the conversations with my family. <laughs> <laughs> probably is a good time to start saying to them, hey, by the way. um, Yeah, I mean – I'm Once I'm open with my family about the the donations, n- news like this will travel far and wide in my family because they're all gossipers. So,
0: yeah,
1: yeah everyone's going to be prepared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for anyone listening that's either in the process of trying to select a donor or has been successful but doesn't have any sort of relationship with the donor, is there anything that you'd want them to know from your perspective?
1: Um. I think for my experience is, you know, if you are willing to get in contact with your donor, I think I would encourage it mm-hmm. um, because it is kind of a two-sided um, approach, right? For me personally, I'd love to be in contact and to get more information about the families that I have created or I've helped to create, I should say. I didn't do much in the process, but, um, And so if there is that comfortability there, I think for sure, if if you're hesitant about it, take the plunge. I appreciate that's a lot, um, very easy for me to say on the other side of of the process. But if you do choose to remain anonymous, that's completely fine too. And that's completely your prerogative. Um, I appreciate that this may be a bit of a secret um, or maybe a bit of a sensitive topic for some people. So... um, I, again, I'm not pushing people to to do that. Um, it just would be really cool to find out more information if I could. And maybe other donors have that same um, perspective. Maybe not. Maybe they don't want to be contacted at all, ever.
0: Do you find out any information about the families you've created, besides the children, like what, that a couple or the same sex couple or a solo mum has had your donation?
1: No, we find no. out nothing.
0: Just, just about the um, children.
1: I only know about that couple because of that letter. Yeah. I knew that it was a same-sex couple who had um, a a, 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 a baby girl for my donations. That's all. That's probably the most information I know.
0: Yeah. And have you met anyone else um, that's been a donor as well?
1: No. No. Never met anyone who's been a donor. And But if I do, when I speak to people about it, because I honestly tell everyone, Um (laughs) And if anyone's kind of like, oh, I thought about it, I'm like, go and do it. Like, it's, it's so easy for us. It mm. really is the easiest thing. You just go, you, you go through all the processes in psychology and whatnot. Um, it's just time. But if you've got the time, you might as well do it. Like, there's such a shortage of sperm that it's a struggle for a lot of families to create the families. Um, so, I mean, if you're comfortable, go ahead, do it. That's what I say.
0: What do you think the barrier is for most men to donate?
1: I think I have a very black and white perspective on it, so it's very easy for me to say that. Um, I think people might not be comfortable with the idea of having biological children who they have no idea about. Yeah. I think that's probably what the general barrier is. And I think a lot of um, particularly straight men who can have families without going through the IVF process um, are even more reluctant because it's kind of like either their partner might not be comfortable with it um, or they haven't yet created their own own family. Maybe that's, there's a hesitancy from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think that's probably the, the main barrier and maybe, maybe just not being sure the issues around the shortage of sperm, but also the process because it really isn't that hard
0: there's been a bit of publicity recently about people getting donors via online websites and things rather than clinics. What's your view on that?
1: Um, I appreciate that going online might be it's ch- cheaper and and perhaps a bit easier. Um, but the process does create the right legalities for you. Make sure medically you have everything's tested and, um, including your gen- genetics and things like that. Um, I do know of a couple who um, have a child through an online donor mm-hmm. um, and everything went very well for them, so good on them. Um, but I do believe in there is a process for a reason um, and it just protects you, um, most importantly, it protects your family because you don't know who the online donor necessarily is um and there is they still would have some form of legal rights to potentially that child so i think the process is there for a reason
0: a lot of the paperwork you were signing is making it very clear that you have no legal rights
1: no legal rights as soon as i sign that paper uh, my donations are no longer anything to do with me right yeah. which is which is the right the way it should be
0: Well, I just want to thank you so much, Jay, for having the generosity of sharing your story. It's going to be so fascinating for all of my listeners to be able to hear that side of it. And I think certainly for me, it's given me a lot to think about, about probably I'm going to write a letter um, to thank my donor because he had made all of my dreams come true and I didn't even think about just acknowledging that for him or what that would mean. So thank you for that. And I know a lot of people will be very fascinated with all of your answers. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. And yeah, even if it's something as little as just writing a letter and getting it sent to the donor, that's that was enough for me and I think it would be enough for many donors.
0: But thank you. It's been, it's been great to chat. I'm Alicia and this is the No Need for Prince Charming podcast, bringing you stories of Australian solo mums who created their own happy ending. If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes and leave a like, a review or share with your friends to help others find it easier. Bye for now.